0: Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Andrew Hald. The choir was back this week. I totally meant to say that at the beginning of the service and totally skipped right past it. So, but you saw them, you heard them. I'm so grateful for those folks to be able to minister to us in that way. I'm grateful and this past Thursday, they had kind of a launch party, if you will, for the choir. And I was fortunate to receive an invitation to come take part in that and had some wonderful food. Um, but what I really noticed in that space and time, we uh, Kathy and Greg had organized uh, a meal together over at the Fairmount United Methodist Church to, uh, to have those groups get together just to launch into a new season. Uh, it's been a year and a half, I think, since the choir's been together in ministering. Um, but what I noticed in those interactions as I was kind of an outsider coming in to get to know these folks a little bit better was how real the relationships were and just how relational people were. Just glad to see one another, smiles, handshakes, hugs, um, fist bumps, you know, whatever COVID might have brought about, elbows, whatever it might have been. Um, I think Gail might have elbowed me in the side. I'm still feeling that one a little bit, but... You know, just people were intermingled, and it was really neat to, to be able to see that. And what I also noticed was just the serving spirits of Greg, of Kathy, uh, just making that space a place to gather, um, and not just a place to gather, but a place where people desired to gather together. You know, the significance to being together, I know we've talked about that for Sunday mornings, we talked about that for small groups, but I know for that group, it's a pretty close-knit group of people, so it was neat to be able to be a part of that. And as I was getting ready to leave, they were starting to practice and um, there's a reason I don't sing with the choir um, and it's because of me, it's not because of them. But uh, as I was making a plate to take home for Jessica, um, I, you know, I gathered a couple different things and I grabbed a couple cookies and was getting ready to take off with that and, and actually Gail stopped me and he said, hold on, you're missing something. I said, "You know what? I grabbed you know, what I thought Jessica would like and he said, you don't have nearly enough cookies. <laughs> and he, he was just about not going to let me leave the room without gathering a couple more cookies, but I heard he slipped a few into somebody else's plate later. So um, somebody maybe had a surprise. I'm not sure who that was, but um, so Gail, you got your cookies distributed. So well done. Thank you, sir. Well, I want to continue from last week as Pastor Brock talked about us being lowly servants as Jesus, as the ultimate leader comes in and does the opposite of what we tend to think of as leadership. And so he came in and was a lowly leader. He's willing to do these things behind the scenes. Uh, you know, I was with uh, the memorial service with, uh, for Lynn Draper. I was so grateful to be able to, to take part in the service. But also, as we've had a kitchen crew that just came alongside the family and provided a really neat meal Um, On Friday and it was just really neat to be amongst and just at at times to to just kind of take a step back and watch that crew Work and to see how they didn't just do it to get it done But did it with a smile on their face with desire to exude love to, to those that were coming to Enjoy and all that family really needed to worry about was being together And so last week, Pastor Brock opened with a passage of Scripture that says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, coming out of Isaiah 52, verse 7, and Romans 10, verse 15. And I just want to take a moment and say for myself, coming out of last week, I didn't know what was coming. Um, Maybe that was evident with the look on my face, I've been told. Um, But I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be a part of Fairmount Friends. I'm grateful that I get to help maybe bring a little bit of leadership. Uh, to come alongside folks, and I'm just grateful to um, Pastor Brock for for that um, foot washing last week. I wasn't really sure what to do with my hands in that space, um, but we figured it out. So, but looking even a few weeks further back, Pastor Brock talked about next steps. So as we're in this place in our lives in faith what are some of those next steps we could take? You know, is it that I need to make a commitment to Jesus? Maybe it's, I've had a relationship with Jesus for a long, long time, and what do I do now? Maybe I'm in a rut, maybe I'm stuck, maybe things are going awesome, I'm excited. You know, what are those next steps we can take to... Uh, to become pursuing of his presence even more. So maybe that's listening to, to a different radio station in the car. Maybe that's intentionally seeking out podcasts. Maybe that's finding a book that maybe can provide some, some input or insight or in, into anything that's going to come into our, our minds, our ears, our mouths, whatever it might be. What are those next steps that we can be surrounding ourselves with? So something I've connected with, and I'm going to talk more about that here throughout today's message, Is I've really connected with podcasts, and there's a couple that I've really honed in on, and I'm going to address here in a minute. But with those next steps, um, with those podcasts, I've tried to listen to them whenever I've been out mowing the lawn or weed whacking, and the only way to do it is to bump the phone all the way up as well as the headphones all the way up, and then actually you can hear it. But in reality, you're tearing apart your your earbuds, your ears. I'm not sure why my parents let me do that for so long growing up, but uh, recently for my birthday, Jessica gave me a pair of noise-canceling Bluetooth work headphones, and so I've been able to maximize that hour or so it takes to mow the lawn and to take in a couple of these podcasts, so thank you, Jessica, for, for that gift. And one of those podcasts I was listening to while I was mowing this week uh, came from Uh, The Bob Goff podcast that Pastor Brock mentioned a couple weeks ago called Dream Big with Bob Goff and friends. And he was interviewing a guy by the name of Tim Timmons. And Tim Timmons is a worship leader originally from California, now lives in Tennessee. And what he was talking about, being where your feet are. And so if we're looking at, you know, if we're serving, where are we at when we're serving? Or, Or when we are taking these next steps, okay, I'm looking ahead but can I also be still present with where I'm at? So maybe we're serving and loving others, but am I where my feet are? And what I, what I mean by that is even when we're serving, could our minds be somewhere else? So for example, when I was helping out with the, the meal on Friday, I was helping make sure this was taken care of and make sure we had ice in the bowl, and I was making sure that this, this, and this, and people were knew where the bathrooms were, whatever it might be. But I was so focused on my task that I had lost sight of loving on the people that I was serving. And so sometimes I think we can get so wrapped up in, okay, I'm doing the stuff that Jesus did that I can get lost in doing the stuff instead of loving the people while doing that. So Kalen's birthday was July 29th, our one-year-old who was trying to rip these things off. I don't know if anybody saw that during worship, but it was quite entertaining. Um, It hurt a little bit too. But uh, we had Kaylin's birthday party last Sunday, her first one-year-old birthday, and it was just super neat to be able to celebrate her as well as to have some family over and just enjoy that time together. And Jessica and I enjoy hosting people whenever we are able to have parties and, and we know how we want to do things we have a way we have a flow we're pretty good at figuring out okay this makes sense because we can do it this way and if you flow it this certain way then people aren't sitting for too long and you're not having to worry about okay so and so has had to sit and we know that this person tends to get upset or short-tempered whenever they have to wait too long you know whatever it might be we, we try to think all those things through maybe overthink them through but we know how we want things to go and because of that we actually Sometimes get so focused on getting things done that we don't spend time with the people we're hosting. So at the birthday party, Jessica and I were running back and forth between the barn and the house because we had the the party out in the barn. We were going back in, making sure the food that was supposed to remain cold in the house was making it out so it didn't melt while it was out in the hot barn. And we didn't really max out time with people very well. Which we enjoyed our time. It was a great birthday. But for me, it was like, man. I just feel like I wasted that opportunity to spend time with those people. We missed out on time. And where I want us to go today is, is, I guess, boiled down into this statement. Jesus, you have my attention. And what does that look like? Jesus, you have my attention. So maybe it's the concept of when we say those words, so I'm saying Jesus, breathe in. You have my attention. Okay, I know where I'm at. Here's where we're going. So we're breathing in that spirit. It, it can should change the trajectory of your day. And this was something that Tim Timmons talked about is, is that we can practice trust or we can practice worry, but I'm gonna get good at whatever I practice. And so if, if we're in that space, where, man, I'm just stressed out, I'm worried, I, I can't wrap my head around what is going on, Jesus, you have my attention. That can bring us to a place of where I'm choosing to trust. I'm choosing to understand. I'm choosing to try to get his perspective because otherwise I'm going to be worried and fretting and fearful in the midst of life, in the midst of a circumstance. I know that for me, I practice worry and fear a lot. Most of my life, I have been driven to make decisions because of fear, which works but isn't best, Which works, but isn't how Jesus wants us to operate. And not just because of a behavior, but because there's so much fruit that comes out of making decisions in that space of following him. So what if I tell myself, okay, in this circumstance, I'm going to trust God. God, I don't know what's going to happen. Jesus, you have my attention. I'm going to trust you in this space. And maybe it's going to go poorly. But you said, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. To me, that's a win. In 1 Timothy, if you would, 1 Timothy 4.16, we're going to read a passage there here in a moment for those that want to read along. And it'll be here on the screen here a couple times. Uh, before we get to that passage, I want to I talk about where First Timothy is writing from. Where is Paul, who is writing a letter to Timothy, and then he writes another letter to Timothy, and he writes a letter to Titus. They're towards the back of your Bible, probably the last 15-20% of the Bible, and they're called pastoral epistles. So pastoral meaning just some pastoral guidance and a letter. So epistles meaning a letter, pastoral letters from the last period of his life. He knows that things are coming to an end. He knows that he's getting ready to die. And so what do I need to express as the leader, as this man on a mission? What is it that he needs to express so that the mission can continue after he is gone? So he writes these letters to Titus and to Timothy to provide insight into the organization of the earliest church. And there are also rare snapshots of church leadership making adaptations in response to needs. And I want to pause there just for a moment because the statement of church leadership making adaptations in response to to needs for me is a big deal. I think that's where we need to be as church leadership. I think that's where we need to be as a church. I think that's where we need to be as Christians is... Am I aware of what's going on around me enough to know that there are needs and what can I do to adapt to help those people out? And it's not just I'm going to go and mow somebody's lawn. Those are good things. But this approach to people that is Jesus' approach, approach to people of loving people well. And so these letters incorporate summaries of essential truths that Paul knows need to be expressed and understood and not just those things, but also faithfully carried out and lived out and made central in their lives. And Paul makes a strong appeal to live the new life in Christ. To cast off the old ways. To look away from what we have known. Even if it's worked, there's still more and better in different ways that Jesus makes known through his life. And so Paul challenges the whole church. Not just the leadership. Not just the pastors. Not just the paid staff. He challenges the whole church to carry the good news forward faithfully. Proclaiming the message and living out God's presence in the world. So this Timothy guy was this younger guy that Paul had raised up in this faith. That he was somebody he had discipled, mentored, whatever words you want to put there. He had spent a lot of time with this guy. And so Timothy had gone with Paul on his second missionary journey. If you didn't know, Paul took three journeys. He started in a space and, and walked around and maybe he rode some animals, I don't know. But he, he made his way around to some different areas and planted churches and, and made Jesus known and then he went on. And you know, when you start something and then just move on, somebody's got to take up the mantle or something's going to fall apart. So Timothy is with Paul on his second missionary journey, and he's actually with Paul in Ephesus on his third missionary journey as well. And as Paul and Timothy move on, there's a, kind of some, some things that are popping up, some, some things, whispers that they're hearing, even reports that they're hearing about what's going on in the city of Ephesus. And so Paul sends Timothy back to provide leadership to that church there, to that group of people. And the significance of this is because, one, he's sending Paul, or he's sending Timothy, and also because there's false teachers that are popping up, false teachers that are are taking the name of Jesus, are taking the good news of Jesus, and twisting it and making it different, even making it serve their own desires, making it so that they are built up instead of Jesus being the one that is focused on. And while that's something that is significant, it's something that we need to pay attention to and be aware of. It also is a big deal because the repercussions in society were bringing the church and the gospel into disrepute. So meaning it was becoming untrustworthy, meaning become, you know, the the place we're supposed to be able to look for healing and for growth and for good and excellence in the community was falling away from that because of some of these false teachers. And so a skillful person was needed to go back and provide leadership and restore order to God's household there in Ephesus. And so after directing Timothy on how to deal with the would-be teachers of the law, Paul then gives guidance on conduct and leadership by individuals and corporately. So this brings us to 1 Timothy four sixteen, and it says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And I want to address this for a moment in, in two different ways, one being as, as a pastor or as community leaders, whatever role that might look like, there's significance in that position, right? There's a reason we look to that person, there's a reason we listen to those people, there's a reason that we follow them. Maybe we're not always sure if we want to follow them. Maybe we're like, why are they in leadership? But the significance of Uh, in those roles, we have to pay attention to what we're doing. I can't just say whatever I want. I can't just flippantly make a comment and expect it to be all okay. That there is no, there's not that luxury as leaders that we get to speak and say whatever we want. We can't just give up because there are people following us who are going to do what we do or say what we say. And I also want to look at the individual piece of that in the context of, yes, it's important to watch our life, to pay attention to the doctrine so that we know our essential truths as Paul describes, but we also can't lose that foundational piece that these doctrines are based on. Because if we're all about that knowledge and that headspace and that belief, but we have no heart, we have no belief in Jesus, there's a disconnect there. That foundation of life, that foundation of doctrine is loving people well. And not just loving people well, but making sure they know that this God guy who created them, who loves them, paid his life for them. And not only paid his life, but then rose again. You know, we have the cross and we put a lot of attention and focus on the cross, but there's an empty tomb that maybe we don't always pay enough attention to. Maybe we lose sight of the people we're serving and loving. Another podcast that I've listened to recently is called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Church. It was about a church out in Seattle who was planted uh, several years ago and quickly blossomed into a mega church, had like 12 or 15 different campuses across the city, and just had a huge reach, huge emphasis, huge focus on Jesus. And there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that just wasn't good leadership. A lot of even abuse stuff going on that just wasn't good leadership. And the the lead pastor at the time, he had gone to do a speaking event. I think it was over in London, maybe. And he went to do a speaking event, and he did the events. And they'd taken a film crew with, just because they were kind of on the the cusp of of YouTube and and the film and, and media stuff being out there. And trying to just make Jesus known in that way, in those platforms, because people were rallying to this thing called the internet. And he did this event and, and went out and got in the, in the car out back to be able to head back to where they were staying. And as they're headed out the back door, there's a couple guys standing there, and, and they want this lead pastor's autograph. And they get in the car, and the, the film crew kind of gets in and you know, says to the pastor, Hey, you know, hey, it's kind of crazy, right? You did, this, you, know, you did this event, you're just a pastor. You know, they want your autograph. And the guy, the lead pastor turns to him and says, I'm kind of a big deal. And I heard that, and I'm like, whoa. Like, I get, you know, the, the fame, the, the fortune, maybe that gets to your head, but like to, to take that place of it's not about Jesus anymore, it's about this lead pastor and his mission. That's not a place that we want to be, either as pastors or as even followers of Jesus. And I'm struck by the contrast in Ephesians 2.8 where it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not from yourselves. And we can spend so much time worrying about myself. What is my appearance? What am I giving off? What impact am I having? What is my legacy? What am I leaving behind? What's my family going to think when I say or do this? What is my truth? What is true for me? Maybe what I've experienced has shaped me. And I think all of those things are real and true and honest thoughts and concerns and worries and uncertainties that we can have. And I think we're missing the higher level thought that I'm saved by the grace of God. Those other things, and we talk about them here at Fairmount Friends. We talk about those things, the significance of our mindset, and are we leaving a legacy? Are Are we having an impact? Are we... Uh, being sharp in how we do things. But we can't miss the thought that I'm saved by the grace of God. Because that will not only raise our perspective, clear our lens, hone our focus, but will bring greater heart and mind understanding of this God-man named Jesus. And it can be so easy to hone in on the behavior and the the, the conduct and figure out best practices in all sorts of settings like, okay, when I go to a hospital and I'm going to visit with somebody, what's the first thing you do or say? When I go into the memorial service visitation line, what do you say to the people standing there? You know, when you're going to do a wedding, are there best practices on what to do or what not to do? Um, when you go into the workplace and you're getting ready to give a presentation, is there a best practice on what you could or could not do? Whatever those things might be, there are best practices, and those are good, and those are helpful. And how easy can it be that we trade the miracle for the miracle worker? So God, I want this thing to go well. God, I want this healing. I want this comfort. I need it. And we get it. And then we go on about our lives. And do we forget the one that did the miracle to begin with? And we talk about the miracle, we testify about it, we make it known, we want to hear about this Jesus guy and what he did, but we sometimes get focused on what he did instead of who he is. We talked about some of these pieces yesterday in men's group, and one of the quotes that came out of that was, Jesus has more for us than the life we settle for. And I've stewed on that statement for quite a while. I'll say it again. Jesus has more for us than the life that we settle for. Are we willing to hand over our birthright as children of God for a better life? And is that a tragedy? Philippians 3.8 says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And I read that passage, and I don't know how much I personally want that, if I'm being honest. Can I have both? Can I have a good life and Jesus? Jesus, can can't I just have these blessings and this comfort, and yeah, I'll go through some hard times, but Jesus, can I have both of these things? But to consider them garbage that I may gain Christ... That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, I think about, am I willing to lay down my life for my wife or my daughter? Absolutely. But am I willing to do that for Jesus? Sometimes I'm not sure. But when I think about dying, and I I know it's morbid, but it's real. Sometimes I just go through this thought process of, you know, if I wasn't here... Or if I were to die, I think of all the things I fear first. And I fear not walking my daughter down the aisle someday. You know, I fear what will my family experience if I'm not here? And maybe I even get to the point of questioning God's goodness. Why does death have to exist? What could be better than this life? As painful as it can be, as in many injustices are out there, there's still so much beauty, right? What could be better than this life? And 2 Corinthians 12, 9, we'll throw it up here in just a moment, just to give a little bit of context. For me, it speaks to this because... This is Paul, he's talking about this this sin that he has, and he calls it a thorn in his side. He says, God, if you would just remove this thorn, how much better could I be? How much more of a difference could I make if I wasn't distracted or torn away from you because of this sin? I could just be even more. Wouldn't you get more glory, God? And 2 Corinthians 12, 9, this is God's response to Paul's statement, and then Paul's response to what God says. And he says, This is God speaking, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I want to take a little bit of time to look at this passage and Speak on it for, for a couple of reasons. One, it, to me, it speaks a response to some of the concerns I just raised in my life. My grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. Which is like, God, wait, wait, can't we just be powerful? Can we have just, are we enough? Am I enough? Do I have what it takes? And what I want to say to each of us, to each of you, is that there's more in you than you know. You've had experiences with Jesus, you've had experiences outside of Jesus, you've had prayer times that have been impactful and you've had lack of interest in prayer altogether. Wherever you're at, there's more in you than you know. Jesus has put more in you than you realize, Jesus has put more in you than you're even willing to admit. You know more about the Bible than maybe you realize. You know more about Jesus and what he's about than you realize. And there's so much inside of you. And I just want to tell you, just let it out. Put that, it doesn't even have to be a smile, but put a smile on your face maybe when you're not feeling it. Not just to put on a mask. But sometimes when we do things, it can help us feel what we're expressing Help us to adjust our feelings based on what our circumstance would be. And the statement, there's more and you know, more in you than you know. There's so much inside, let it out. I actually said those words last week or so to a young man that I've known for a few years. He was an intern this past summer up at Quaker Haven. And he had volunteered to pray over the president of Barclay College, where he is a student. The President had come to speak up at Yearly Meeting Sessions to kind of share an update on what was going on at the school and he stood up and offered to pray and prayed over the President and then he sat down and I leaned over and whispered in his ear just how proud I was of him and how much more in him there is than he is willing to admit or even realizes. And little did I know that that coming Sunday, the next day, he drove down to Hadley Friends Church, Hadley Friends Meeting down near Danville, Indiana. And he actually brought the message at Hadley Friends that day. And I had no idea he was going to do that. But how cool was it that because he already had that in place, but God put something in me to speak into him and I didn't know what repercussions were going to come out of it. But I knew that I needed to respond to the Lord. But the focus isn't on me. The focus is on that God spoke into this young man and that God has pieces to work that come together in timing that we couldn't draw up. Or timeout. The podcast I mentioned earlier by Tim Timmons, he has a website called 10,000minutes.com. And the website has that name because in one, in one week, seven days, there are 10,080 minutes. You can look it up if you want. I already Googled it just to double check. And let's just say we spend 80 of them in church ish. That leaves 10,000 other minutes each week. And my initial thought in that, and he said that, was like, okay, what am I going to do with the other 10,000? And then he says in the podcast, the next thought usually is, what am I going to do with the next 10,000? But he said that can become legalistic, because you can, okay, you can break it down. Okay, I have three meals a day, let's say an hour for each meal, let's say an average of six hours a night. You know, you can do the math, but that becomes legalistic, that that can detract from the purpose or the idea or the focus. And instead of, here's where Jesus fits in my 10,000, how do I join Jesus in the rest of the 10,000 that I have been given? What would it look like for me, for us, to put the ways and the heart and the motive of Jesus into the rhythm of life? And, And... Something I've been encouraged to do here the last few weeks is to take more ownership of expressing a vision that I have, to express a vision that God maybe has put in me, for me and my life and my my family, but also for our church family. And what would it look like if we had a church family, and I think we do this some already, but for a church family that sees a need and meets it. It doesn't have to be a church-sponsored event. It doesn't have to be come back to the church leadership and then, okay, you got permission to go do this thing. But see a need, fill a need. Right, that quote from the movie Robots. But a vision where we're a church family that is got revelation to drop, a willingness to speak, a willingness to pray, a willingness to put ourselves out there and be uncomfortable. And if we're approached at at the grocery store and somebody says, hey, would, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm out of anything. You have anything I can have so I can have some food for my kids. Instead of wondering, are they tricking me? They say, absolutely, let me sh- love you like Jesus would. Could I pray with you? And that's gonna be uncomfortable. I think I've done that once, maybe twice, and I've shied away from it many more times myself. But just that idea that as a church family, are we making Jesus known everywhere, every place? And it's not going to look perfect, it's not going to be. there's no A, B, C, D. There's no one, two, three. We can get guidance from First and Second Timothy and Titus. But Hebrews 12:1 says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And we're not doing this alone. If we were to put ourselves out there, not just to put ourselves out there, but because we're doing it for the sake of Jesus and Jesus' name, we're actually putting Jesus out there. We're putting him on the line, and he doesn't need to be sold. We don't need to sell this Jesus guy And we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, a church family. Not everybody's here today. Now there's quite a few down at the State Fair. up there enjoying a chocolate milkshake for me. But it reminds me to join Jesus in what he's doing instead of inviting him into what I'm doing. Is it Andrew's ministry or is it Jesus' ministry? Is it Bud's ministry or is it Jesus' ministry? Jesus has already been doing work in you for far longer than you realize. He's put more in you than you know. You're already at work doing things. And you've been doing stuff longer than any of us know. And what I want us to do is I just want to join him in the present moment. I want to be where my feet are at in the presence of God. Here and present and willing to listen to say, Jesus, you have my attention. I don't know what the heck's going to happen, but Jesus, you have my attention. One more statement, and then we'll pray to close. The work of Jesus doesn't need to be deep and profound. You don't have to have all this Bible, super Christianese language stuff to love people. But the work of Jesus just needs to be real. And when it's real, it is deep and profound. how might God use us today? Jesus, you have our attention, Lord. And God, as we are a church family, whether it's our first time or our 200th time, gathered as a church family, we're grateful to be here today to respond to you. Whatever part of the service, maybe it's through lunch that's going to happen later, God, whatever it is, May we seize opportunity, not just because I did something or we did something, but because we're making your kingdom go a little bit further, for people to be loved, to know that they're loved and cared for and taken care of, and if they need something, that there's a church family that's going to be there, that we have a vision, that we're on fire for you, God, that there is restoration, redemption, whatever Christianese words, God, we want to put it out there, God, we just want to keep it simple. We want to choose you. And that means we're going to be uncomfortable. What are we going to do with those other 10,000 minutes? Jesus, we don't know, but we want to follow your leadership. We love you, Lord. Amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.